My Heavenly Father, I thank you. My Heavenly Father, for your glory, Lord. For your glory. Father, open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And I ask this, Father, let us only see Jesus. Let us only see Jesus. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn to John chapter 10 again. We're going to go over those verses that we do every, uh, every program. Verse 35, Jesus speaking. I'm going to begin in verse 34. And Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? Notice Jesus calls it your law, not his law. That's not his law. That's their law. It says, I said you are God's. If he called them God's unto whom the word of God came. And this is the phrase we're after. And the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. When you can put your faith, your heart, in the scriptures, in the word of God, that will have to come to pass. Has to. It has to. If you put your faith in it, it has to. Why? Because it cannot be broken. It cannot be broken. And that's what you can stand in. That's what you can rely on when the storm's raging, when the kids are sick, when the bills aren't being paid. You can trust. You can stand on. You can hold on to the word of God because it cannot be broken. Turn with me to Romans 2, verse 11. It says here, Paul speaking, he says, For there is no respect of persons with God. No respect. There is no respect of persons with God. If you can understand this, there is nobody more special than the other. None. There are different jobs, different responsibilities, but nobody is more important than the next guy. You know what? The big jobs are for the little guy to get the little guy to grow up, to be perfect, to be perfected. That's what all the positions are in the word of God. And you know what? You can't pick to be. I think I'll be an apostle. I think I'll be a prophet. I think I'll be an apostle or a, an evangelist or a pastor. I think that's what I want to be. Or, or I think I'll be a prophetess. You can't do that. They are, a, they are given as a gift by God. And the gift is the measure of Jesus in you. You can't choose it. God makes you for it. And why are they there? For our perfection. They are for us. They are to make us perfect. So we can walk in the fullness of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no respecter of persons. What God will do for that one over there, he will do for that one over there. If you will believe. If you will use your faith. All right? I want to show you one thing with that because it'll go along with today. And it's, on, it's in Galatians. And it's, verse, it's chapter 3. I'm just going to read it real quick because I want us to see it. It goes right along with this. No respect of persons. Verse 28. For there is neither Jew nor Greek. One is not more important than the other. It says there is, bond, there is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. 
We are all one in Christ Jesus. We are the same. And no, you can't use this verse as a female and say, well, this means I can be an apostle because there's no male and female. If that was the case, why are you having babies? So that doesn't work for that, but it works for there is no respect for persons. Now, go with me to uh, John 14, verse 10. I want to reiterate, say again and again, what Jesus is speaking here. If we can get this in our hearts, it'll be easier to understand why Jesus deals with women the way they do. Verse 10, it says, Jesus speaking, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? See, there's two different people there, Jesus and the Father. He said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? He said, The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Everything Jesus said was the Father speaking through him. And every miracle that Jesus did it was the Father doing it through him with the Holy Ghost. Why was it that way? Because that's the way it is with us. When we walk in the Spirit, the words we speak are by the Holy Spirit. They are not our words. When we walk in the Holy Ghost, the miracles, the, the casting out devils, the laying hands on the sick is not us. It is the Holy Ghost working through us. Jesus is the perfect example. All right? Now with that, uh, this might be the last meeting in this series. And then next week, we might be going on to something different because of what we're doing today. If you will go with me to Mark 16. We're going to take a look at how de Jesus deals with women and how Jesus deals with women at the resurrection. At the resurrection. Oh, how glorious this is. We're going to begin in verse 1, Mark 16. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary mother the James and Salmone had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came into the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? Now look here. It says here, very early in the morning. So it's just beginning to dawn here. It says they came to the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. So it's just becoming light. Now verse 5. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white remnant, and they were frightened. It says, And he said unto them, Be not affrighted. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. Notice the first one that gets to preach the gospel is a young man in a long white garment. You know, it doesn't say angel here. We don't know. But it could be because there's angels in the other ones. But they preach the gospel first. But look who comes up second. It says, but go your way. Tell his disciples. And Peter, that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. I would be too. 
Notice verse 9. I want us to take a look at verse 9. Now, when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. The first person he appears to after his resurrection is a woman. Now, we just read that everything that Jesus did was the Father doing it. Every miracle that Jesus performed was the Father doing it through the Holy Ghost. It says in Acts that everything about Jesus and his disciples was prearranged by the Father. The foreknowledge of God. God knew exactly what was going to happen every moment. God directed it. That is the power of Jehovah. And you know what? It was his will. And it was his way that the first person that meets the resurrected Lord was Mary Magdalene, a woman. Not Peter, not John, not the 12 apostles, a woman. And notice what it says here, a woman who Jesus cast seven devils out of. Isn't that a wonderful thing that God, had the first person to meet the resurrected Lord was a woman he had cast seven devils out of. That is mercy, that is honor, that is beautiful, that is lovely. You know, some of us think that there is too much sin in our background, that God can't use us like he can use other people. I want to read something to you. I want you to go to 1 Timothy 1. And I want to go to verse 12. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He said, And I thank Jesus Christ our Lord, who has enabled me, for he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in an unbelief. It says, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love. Love. Faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And look at the next phrase. Of whom I am chief. Paul couldn't lie. Paul doesn't lie. He said here he was the chief among sinners. You know, I, if you don't see the love, the compassion, and mercy of God, you have the people in Jerusalem who are being persecuted by Paul. He is dragging them out of their homes. He is throwing them in jail, women too. And he is uh, forcing some of them by torture to denounce Jesus. They are afraid of this man. That's what Ananias said. We have fear. We don't, want to, we don't want this guy around. You know what? They're praying to get rid of him. And look what God does to him. Look what God does for the people, the Christians that are in Jerusalem and Israel. Look what God does for these people praying about this man, Paul, persecuting them. Does he destroy Paul? Does he destroy their enemy? No. 
What's he do? He converts him. He converts him. He takes an enemy of the gospel. And he says, the chief enemy, fervent and hurt. And God converts him. Meets him on the road. Yo, Paul. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. You know what? Their prayers were answered. Their prayers were answered. All right? You know what? If God can do that to the chiefest of sinners, what can he do with us? And Paul says it himself. I am an example of what God can do for anyone. If he is the chiefest, then there is mercy and grace to take the worst of us and make us into a servant of the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. There is enough grace. There is enough mercy. And the more I look and the more I walk in this, the more I see God likes the hard cases. He enjoys taking the worst. And you know what? Some of the worst are the most religious, the most self-righteous, the most prideful. You know, he can take those two. He has a way. Oh, he has a way. Some of us have been in that way. Now, let us go to John 20. So the first person that Jesus meets is Mary Magdalene. Now, John 20, we're going to look at, the, look at what happened here. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early. When it was yet dark, under the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and said unto them, You've taken the Lord, they've taken the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they've laid him. Now John and Peter, they go to the sepulcher, but they don't see Jesus. They don't see him. You know, the first account, it was just starting to dawn, and in this account, it was yet dark. So some of this does mesh. When you think it, it's confusing, it's not if you look at the times. Now, I want us to go down to verse 11. It says, but Mary, but Mary, stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the sepulcher. And see two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had laid. And when they said unto her, woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they've laid him. She doesn't know that Jesus is going to raise from the dead. She thinks that that man that helped her is now gone forever. It says, And when she had said, she turned herself back, and she saw Jesus standing, and she knew not it was Jesus. She knew not it was Jesus. Now, she had walked with him. She had talked with him. She walked with the apostles. She walked with Jesus. She gave him of her substance. We'd already read that. And now she doesn't recognize him. That's an interesting comment. You know, we don't see Jesus unless God opens our eyes. And here she's standing, and it says, when she turned herself back, she saw Jesus standing, knew not it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto her, woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And this is interesting. She said, she's supposing him to be the gardener. Now this man has just risen from the dead. 
He has come out of hell. The body that was laid in the tomb was in parts. Every bone was out of joint. When they laid that body in the tomb, every bone was out of joint. That is Psalm 22. And that is also Isaiah 52. He is marred more than any man. That's the body they put in the tomb. They wrapped it up in linen, put it back to where it looked like a body, wrapped it up, and put it in the tomb for three days. Now, now, he's standing next to her with every disease that was on that body totally healed. Every sin that was carried in that soul of Jesus is gone. It's gone. It's been forgiven. It's been justified. It's been removed from him. He is pure. He is whole. He is strong. But notice, he's not glistering. She thought he was the gardener. He's not walking six inches above the ground. He doesn't have a big halo on his head. He's not transparent. He's not a spirit. He's not a spirit. She thought he was the gardener. So he must have looked like a gardener. But yet he talks to her. He talks to a woman who's weeping. She's not going to weep for very long. He said, woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She's supposing him to be the gardener, said, sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus saith unto her, Mary. And she turned herself and said unto him, Rabbani, which is master. And Jesus said unto her, touch me not. Notice, don't touch me. He said, for I am not yet ascended to my father. He had to go take his blood to heaven. We read that in Hebrews. It says, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father. That resurrection, that death, burial, and resurrection made God our father. Did you know you have a heavenly father? That resurrection bought you son and daughtership. That resurrection and that burial and that death bought us sonship. Bought it for us. That blood paid for it. And now Jesus can tell her, my father. Do you know he is your father? He is your father. If you're born again, he is your father. You know you can call him such. You can talk to him as such. And he's not like your earthly father. This is the God that created the heavens and the earth and everything you see and sent Jesus for you. That's your heavenly father. And you know what? He loved you enough. That's why he sent Jesus. And he wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear you. Why would he send his only son to do all that he had to do on the cross and not want to talk to you? For God so loved you 
he sent his only son. Now, let's go back. And said, Jesus said unto her, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and my God and your God. Are you born again? Then you have the same God that Abraham had. If you are born again, you have the same God that Samuel had. If you are born again, you have the same God that Elijah had. The same God that called down fire. That's your God. If you are born again. If you are born again, you have the same God Isaiah had. If you are born again, you have the same God Jesus had. And whatever he did for Jesus, he will do for you. He promised it. Do you know you have the same God as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you know if need be, he would do the same thing for you? There is no respecter of persons that includes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He will do the same thing for you if you will believe. If you will believe. Now, go with me to Matthew 28. There's something very interesting in this one. Matthew 28. In the beginning of the Sabbath, as it began, began to dawn during the first day of the week, came Mary, Mary, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake. The angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. This is interesting. It says his countenance was like lightning and his remnant white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. But notice, the women are still standing. All the Roman soldiers, dead men, like dead men, scared so much, now they're like dead men. And there's the two women standing. Two women standing. And it says, And the angel, and for fear of them, the caper, keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said to the woman, Fear not you, for I know that you seek Jesus which was crucified. He said, He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples. You tell his disciples. Who preached the gospel first? Women. Women. He said, go tell the disciples Jesus is risen. Women are preaching the gospel. And you know what? The pre-arrangement and foreknowledge of God. That was God's desire. Woman, preach the gospel. Did you know it's okay for a woman to preach the gospel? Do you know that we are all ambassadors for Christ? Do you know that a woman can preach the gospel? She cannot teach or usurp authority over a man, but she can preach the gospel. And she can cast out devils. And she can lay her hands on the sick and they recover. Thank God. Thank God. But I want you to notice something here. We'll go on. It says, and they departed quickly. Oh, let's see. 
Yeah, go quickly, tell his disciples he is risen from the dead, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. And there shall you see him, lo, I have told you. Who told the women to preach the gospel? A big angel. A big, bright angel. So you think maybe God was behind that? And it says, And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. Now I want us to look at this. It says, And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus, Jesus met them. The risen Savior met them. And he said, All hail. And look here now. Before, Jesus told Mary, Don't touch me. Now Jesus says, he think, and they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. They came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. This is the risen Savior. This is the man that died and was buried and raised again for us. And I want you to see he didn't mind them grabbing his feet. Now I want you to consider this. Look at this picture in your head. Jesus standing there, risen from the dead, two women holding onto his feet and worshiping him. Now with this picture in your mind, is there any priest standing between the women and Jesus? No. No. Is there any man standing between the women and Jesus? Any preacher? Any apostle? No. No. Do you know you don't need a priest to get to Jesus? You don't need a priest to get to Jesus. This is the word of God. This is the word that cannot be broken. You as a woman, you as a child, you as a man can get to Jesus. You can get face to face with Jesus. You can worship him. You can touch him. And Jesus didn't stop them at all. He didn't stop them at all. Why? Why didn't Jesus stop the women from touching him? Because that is the very reason he was risen from the dead. That is the very reason Jesus was raised from the dead so you and I could get to him and touch him him. This is the very reason he was raised from the dead. For God so loved the world, he sent Jesus to die, to be buried, to be raised again, so that we have everlasting life, so that we have that relationship with the Father and the Son. Yes, as a woman. Now, there are apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists set in the church for our benefit to help us 
When we don't, when we can't do it, they are there to bring us along. They are there for our perfection. They are there for our correction. They are for there for our admonition. They are there for our encouragement. They are there to teach us how to be like Jesus. But they do not stand between you and Jesus. That cross, that cross was there. So you could be with Jesus. He bore our sin. He bore our iniquity. He bore our poverty, our sicknesses, our diseases. So we could be with him. That is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, with this, I want to, uh, I want to bring out one point here before we end. Jesus himself said, Jesus, he said, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there they shall see me. He told the women, now you go tell the disciples, the apostles. You go tell them to meet me in Galilee. You know, there is a spirit in the church that says a woman cannot talk to a man. It says you cannot usurp authority over him. All right. Well, Jesus told these women to go talk to the disciples. He told them to give them direction. Go tell them to meet me in Galilee. Now, I can just see it. Mary goes to the disciples. She talks to Peter. Jesus, we saw Jesus. We held his feet. He said, go, go meet him in Galilee. Oh, no, we're not going to listen to you. You're a woman. You can't usurp authority of us. You can't tell us what to do. As Jesus said, judge with righteous judgment. Judge with righteous judgment. I won't tell a man to do anything. But the spirit of God in me might say something. Their job to know the difference. And my job. And my job. You know what? The more you get in this and the more you walk in the spirit, the less you talk. Now, do you want this? Do you want that relationship that Jesus had with Mary Magdalene? Because God's no respecter of persons. You can have the same relationship that Jesus had with Mary Magdalene. One-on-one. One-on-one. Healing her. Making her whole. Making her be able to walk with him. Making her to walk in the gospel. Do you know that in Acts 2, it says the women were there with them when the Holy Ghost came. And we'll look at that later. Do you want that relationship? Because you can have it. You can have it. That's why Jesus came. So you could have it. It doesn't matter if you're white. It doesn't matter if you're black. It doesn't matter if you're brown, orange, green. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. God created all men. And he sent Jesus for all. It doesn't matter if you're male, female. It doesn't matter if you're old or young. It doesn't matter. God sent us, sent Jesus for all of us. How do you get that relationship? How do you walk with Jesus? You have to be born again. That's what Jesus said. He said it in the Word, John 3. Get your Bible out and read it. Read the book of John. Find out about your Messiah. And he told a ruler of Israel, a Jew, a man that walked in the law, he said, that's not enough. You must be born again. You must be born again. 
What happens when you are born again? What happens when you ask Jesus to come into your heart? What happens when you ask Jesus to take over your life? What happens at that moment? The spirit of Jesus, the spirit that was raised from the dead, the spirit in the body, talk to Mary, that spirit enters into us. He enters into us. Jesus comes into our hearts and we become alive. No more death. We become alive. We become alive with the life that Jesus bought for us at the cross. And he will lead you and he will guide you and he will get you baptized in the Holy Ghost and he will get you in the place that he wants you to be and he will make you, if you are willing, he will make you a servant of the most high God. There isn't any better service than that. There is nothing greater, nothing greater than being a servant of the most high God. But you must begin by being born again. Amen? Amen. How's everybody doing? I get thanks, Jesus. I get thanks. Anybody in need? I get thanks, Jesus, I thank you. I get thanks. I get thanks, Jesus, I thank you. Father, I thank you that Jesus came to deliver us from the oppression of the devil. I get thanks, Father, that Jesus came to deliver us from the oppression of the devil. It is not deserving. Jesus came to deliver us from the oppression of the devil. Jesus came to deliver us from the oppression of the devil. He came to deliver us from the oppression of the devil. He came for you. To deliver you from the oppression of the devil. He came to deliver you from the oppression of the devil. He came to deliver you from the oppression of the devil. Father, I thank you. I break the power of this oppression right now. I break the power of this oppression. It is not deserved. It is a free gift. I give thanks, Father. Deliver us from the oppression of the devil. I give thanks that you deliver us from the oppression of the devil. I get thanks. I get thanks. Feeling better? I get thanks. Father, now deliver her from the oppression of the devil. I get thanks that you deliver her from the oppression of the devil. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks.
ranks. You're not taking a step down. You're taking a step up. You are taking a step up. All this fear, Father. She is not taking a step down. They are taking a step up. And it's a glorious step. It's a glorious step. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks. I rejoice. I rejoice. I rejoice. I rejoice. I rejoice, Father. I thank you. I get thanks. I get thanks in Jesus' name that you came to relieve us from the oppression of the devil. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks that you came to deliver us from the oppression of the devil. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks, Jesus, I thank you. I get thanks, Jesus, I thank you. I get thanks, Jesus, I thank you. I get thanks, Jesus, you came to deliver us from the oppression of the devil. Here, give me your hand. I get thanks, you came to deliver us from the oppression of the devil. You came to deliver her from the oppression of the devil. It has nothing to do with what we deserve. It is all grace. It is all grace. He came to deliver us. To deliver us. To deliver us from the oppression of the devil. I get thanks, Father. Deliver her now from this oppression. From this oppression. From this oppression. Deliver her now from this oppression. I get thanks. I get thanks. Deliver her now from all of this oppression. From all of this oppression. We are overcomers. We are in the position we're at to overcome. I get thanks. Deliver her from this oppression. Amen. 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 It's only going to get more powerful. It's only going to get greater. Ask your friends to come. I don't have any, so I can't. <laughs> I know. I thought about that. I thought, but. all right. See us next week. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.